Hey, it's Heaven, and welcome to the Sandbag Queen Show, where we talk about all things health from the inside out. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Sandbag Queen Show. I hope y'all are doing well with everything that's happened in the last year and a half. A lot of people have had to switch to garage gyms. So I thought it would be really neat to interview some people who have been in the space for a long time and get their advice, their wisdom, and their tips about how to have a really good garage gym, but also how to make the most of it. So today I have with me Sean from Morning Lifter. We're going to unpack his story, but he has a lot of great garage gym equipment. So I'm really excited to hear more about his gym and what advice he has for us. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Heaven. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. I'm excited to have you. I was thinking back to the last time we chatted and it was almost a year ago, wasn't it in September? It it was, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I just can't get over how fast that went by. I know you don't think about it, you know, when, especially like with everything being closed and the issues that we were having and it's, it's, I'm getting ready to go back for another year of school. It's just wild. It is wild. And it's just like, what and how did it go by so fast? I I don't get it, but I was on your show, a about a year ago. And we talked Mm -hmm. about 75 hard and, you know, mental strength and all of that good stuff. So I'm really excited that I now have a podcast that I could invite you on. And you have a lot of wisdom and experience in this space of owning a garage gym. So I would like to start unpacking that with, first of all, why do you have a garage gym? I was all about commercial gyms for the longest time. I mean, I had played football growing up. Mm-hmm. And I played collegiately at Kent State University. So being an athlete, you live in the gym. I mean, that's something that is, if you don't like it, you're probably not going to last. So when I was done, I just started going to a commercial gym. And it was nice because they, they had everything you needed. And you didn't have to worry about having anything or owning anything. And, and I wasn't really familiar with owning a gym or a home gym for that matter. But I used to go to uh, the YMCA. It was kind of like a mix between a standard, you know, standard commercial gym, but there was like a powerlifting side to it as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the camaraderie. I mean, I was there at five o'clock when they opened. And so there were like 25 to 30 people every day, like Monday through Friday that were five o'clockers. And what was so great about it was they got in, they did their work and they left because they had yes. to, you know, like work, work started at seven or seven thirty, So they didn't have time to, you know, kind of mess around. I always found it interesting, quick side note, that there was a huge difference between the early morning lifters and then the, like the after work lifters, yeah. it, it was such a, a huge contrast. And if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, the people that would go in the morning, they were like on task in and out. Like they did their work. They weren't there to talk. They weren't there to just like be seen. They were there to work. And then yeah. you, you go in the evening and the people after work, they're more like, I don't know. There was a different vibe. It's like happy hour. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, that's the best way I can describe it is 
people get off of work and they just kind of lollygag in there. It's like, you know, hey, Biff, how you doing? Phones. And, yeah, yeah. And just like in between sets. And it was just like a different, whole different. Or they were there to be seen by the rest Correct. of the people, like the crowd, yeah. like, look at my muscles. I got, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. It was. And it, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just a different vibe. You know, the, the people who, who train in the morning, they just got it done because they had to. One of the benefits that I had that made, I think, morning so easy was because when I was training, when I was playing football, like you didn't have a choice. You know, lifting was at six o'clock and that was it. You know, you didn't have any other choice. And so you had to get your butt up at 515, 530 for some guys. It was 550 and they would be racing in <laughs> at the end. But it was at six o'clock. And so you had no choice all through high school and all through college that was ingrained in us. And it was something that like, you always felt accomplished when you were done with that in the morning, because then you always had the sense of, I have the whole day wide open. Mm -hmm. I don't have any prior commitments. I I don't have to say, well, I've got to go get my workout in after work. So if something comes up that's spontaneous, you can go do that. Is that um, where morning lifter came from? You know, it kind of did. It kind of spawned itself. As I was continuing to train at these commercial gyms, I just started committing myself to the mornings because I liked the fact that I could get up, get my workout in and be done. So I, I did that for a while and I was working and then uh, my son was born that was in January of 2016. And me being the stubborn individual that I am, <laughs> I said, well, I'm not going to, that's not going to affect me. And uh, reality slapped me in the face pretty early <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, that's not how it works. Oh, you know, that's so, good. The, you know, the 2 a.m.s, 4 a.m.s, you know, the feedings, like swapping back and forth so that my wife could sleep, things like that. And I'm trying to drag my butt into the gym and I'm finding out you know, I was missing days where I wasn't getting in as much work. And I started to find out like, this isn't, this is not going to be sustainable. I'm not going to be able to do this. When my son was born, I started doing the math and I started saying, okay, well, let's see, I'm getting up at 4.15. Gym doesn't open until five. It's taking me 15 minutes to get ready, plus another 10 minutes to drive. So I'm wasting 35, 40 minutes every day doing that and started doing the math and adding that up over the week. And I'm like, something's, something's got to give here. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had talked with my wife about it and I said, like, look, training and lifting for me, that's one of the few things that I have. Some people will go in and out. Like I need that Mm -hmm. because if I don't like it is, everyone has their stress release and Mm -hmm. that is the way that I can keep a level head. Mm -hmm. And, and so we had agreed, she said, okay, well, cancel the membership and, and you can build a small gym in the basement. And so I went to Dick's Sporting Goods because like at that time I didn't know anything, you know, like, cause I didn't have to, right. like they had all the equipment. Mm-hmm. And so the very beginning, I said to myself, what are the absolute essentials that I need to get the majority of the work done? So I bought a, a half rack. Uh, a barbell with 300 pounds in, in weights. It was one of those, you know, the standard sets and a set of uh, power block dumbbells. I think mm-hmm. that was it. Cause I was supersetting a lot of stuff at the time. And so I wanted to be able to do something with a barbell and come over and do something else with a dumbbell, but I'm a big believer in having the dumbbell. So that was the very beginning. 
And I used that for a little while and then we moved and then I wanted to expand. I bought a functional trainer. When we moved into the house that we're into currently, started off with that. So the functional trainer was really, really good and provided me a lot. But then I started saying, well, <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, and, can you pause right there and break down sure. the functional trainer? Yeah. So there were some things that I missed from the commercial gym. Is you that know? the cables and is that what yeah. you're calling the functional? Yeah, okay. that's, okay. that's the, the hoist, gotcha. the hoist machine that I have that's in the corner. I've actually taken apart the front covers so that I can use the stacked weight pin on it. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to be able to do some isolation stuff and frankly, like I got a little bored Yeah. as, as awful as it sounds, but at the same time, like you can only do squats so many times, <laughs> like you can only do yeah. like, you know. It's um, normal. I think it's because, normal. you know, one of the great things about weight training is when you can hit different angles, different variations and studies have shown this too. When you change up exercises, you're actually more motivated to lift. Absolutely. I wrote an article on that not long ago. I think I had published it. So there's research in there too, that shows like, if you can keep yourself guessing, you know, from week to week or program to program, you're going to be more motivated to work out. So mm -hmm. that was one of the things that I had picked up on. I liked the option of having the cable stacks simply because one was variation, but two was ease, ease to change the weight. You're popping a pin in and out, yep. you know, and that, and that was it. And so I thought to myself, well, I can really do a lot here and I can, I can really start to superset and do some other things. Some of this equipment, like if you've ever seen my page, I've got a lot of commercial equipment in here and I've paid full price on one thing. Oh, wow. And that was the Smith machine, which I financed in hindsight. I don't know if I would have. What would you say your best investment has been? Like the what one piece of equipment you're like, I am so glad I got this. Like I would not trade this for anything. What, what do you think that would be? Good question. I'd have to say it's probably the power rack. Because you, you can do so much with it. The, the number of attachments that I built, like during COVID, I added uh, the, the reverse hyper. I've got a seal bench for it. And there's just so many things that you can do with it, like the lever arms, especially during COVID, you know, I'd be teaching from the basement. And so like in between class times, I'd be sitting down here, like staring at the power rack and then something would come to me, you know? Nice. And so I was able to really develop a lot, the belt squat that I use that's on the lever arms. So mm -hmm. I, I would say that is something that is probably the most valuable to me because I can get so much out of it. So now in terms of commercial equipment, because everything hits such a, such a different body part, one of my favorites is the pullover, without a doubt. I love the pullover machine. The Nautilus pieces that I have, like the old school Nautilus are really cool. I wish I had more. Each one serves a specific purpose. So you just released a video of, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I saw it today that you released a video of a walkthrough of your gym. Yes, I did. So did you, is it with audio, like you're walking or just Yeah. Showing? Yeah. Nope. It, I mean, it's, it's from about a, each piece. Yeah. It's a first person account. Sweet. I, I don't know how good the camera work is, but nonetheless, it was something that I had been wanting to do for a long time. And I felt pretty good now, especially that I had the leg press. I mean, that was a steal. I'll give you a little bit of background on this leg press. So this hack squat, and this is one of the things that I don't, I didn't really go into great detail in the walkthrough. I bought that leg press for $150. Wow. 
No way. Yeah. How? I found someone desperate to get rid of it. It was from a physical therapy facility. And I had been kind of passively looking at leg presses. I thought that I could fit one more thing. You know, my <laughs> wife had said it was like the ultimatum of like, like you have this space. It's like the demilitarized zone, you know, between North and South Korea. You know, it's like if you cross this line, there will be imminent war, you know. And so she had said, you know, I don't care what you put in there. If you can fit it, fine. Like, but oh, you're not, so you're not crossing this line in the basement because our kids are getting older. We need some space for them. She's like, you can't just take over the whole basement. And of course, me being like, well, why, you know, right? <laughs> why not? You know, like they've got plenty of room to play. Like I was just passively browsing through Facebook marketplace and I found this leg press. It was a hack squat. So it's like about an hour and 15 minutes away. Mm. I was like, okay, here we go. I think they had wanted $200 for it. I'm a hard negotiator. So, <laughs> you know, I said, you know, what are the dimensions? And that, that was one of the things too. Like when I talk to people about equipment, especially like you're talking about commercial equipment, one of the first things I ask is what are the dimensions? Mm-hmm. If I couldn't find them online, I would find out from them, what are the dimensions? And then Once they tell me, I tell them, okay, I got to find out if this is going to fit. I'll go into the basement and I'll kind of scan to see, okay, how can I maneuver things to make it fit? Play Tetris with your equipment. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. And it's really become that now. I might be able to squeeze one more piece. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know if I can swing that or not. So I had, I'd done the measurements and I, I kind of picture it and I said, okay, this is going to fit. So I went about moving all of my equipment, which really turned out to be four pieces of equipment, which was a workout in and of itself. I mean, geez, it was oh, brutal. Man. You did so, it by yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, I've done all this stuff. Yeah. I've had help from a couple of neighbors and things like that at some point, you know, wow. here and there, but ultimately like moving the equipment in the basement has been, has been me. And it's, it's never easy, Um, especially when I rearranged the entire gym that took an entire day. Oh my gosh. So that was brutal. I told the lady, I said, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. And she came back. She said, no, I can't do that, which I expected, but I wanted to lower if I could. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could get lower. And she came back at 170, 175. And I said, well, I'll do 150 and I'll come get it tomorrow. She said, okay. Nice. So got my dad's truck because I have an SUV and drove up there. It was funny because when I got there, she's like, do you, know, do you need any help? And I go, no, I've done this way too many times. Oh my God. So I disassembled the whole thing, oh loaded on the truck. She helped give me that last like six inches of help. Took it home, thankfully, because with the company with Bear Steel Equipment, I've got some pallets at home and I have a pallet jack. So I loaded that on the pallet. And uh, used my pallet jack and took it around downstairs. I have a walkout basement and finagled it in through the back door and set it up. So, you know, that's that's just one of the examples. That's a four, five thousand, you know, brand new piece of of equipment, you know. So, that's where I've been pretty lucky in finding some of these pieces of equipment. The most I think I've paid, I think, is $600. Oh my gosh for a piece of equipment. The oh. lowest is it what the lowest was the 150 for the for the hack squat. It's just been like finding the right opportunities. 
as the gym has grown, a lot of it's been want. Do I need all that? No. I mean, anybody would tell you that, but I've noticed there's a difference. Like I'm not a car guy. I mean, I like cars, but like there's car guys, you know, and then there's like gym people, you know, everybody has their thing, you know, like you could say that this is a hobby at the same time, but also in the same breath, like it's a lifestyle. So to back up a little bit as the gym progressed and it drove my, my wife nuts for the next like three and a half, four years, Christmas, birthday, father's day, any other holiday where gifts are exchanged, all of my, my in-laws, my parents, my family, the question was, what do you want? Gym equipment. <laughs> like that was it. Like that was my sole goal. That's where I was really strategic. So I would tell them either get me cash so that I can put it towards a machine, which yes. I did. I had saved up some money for the functional trainer and they said, you know, what do you want? And I said, I want the rest of the cash for this functional trainer. And so that's what they did. And I continued that for like three and a half years or so, or four years, something like that. So that's good. I was actually going to ask how long did it take to build up and build out the gym with the equipment that you like? So it's been for about four years now to date. Now my son's five and a half. So five and a half years. Okay. Wow. So it's probably been five years. Cause I think I actually got the equipment around the summer, the summertime of 2016. So okay. it's probably been, you know, about five years. And, and this is the other thing, like some of this equipment has actually been a business purchase, you know, with the selector pins that I sell, the bare steel stack weight pin, the chains, like a lot of that, it's also testing. And so there's, a, it's a twofold situation, especially the last like four or five pieces I've been able to utilize as business purchases. Nice. Yeah. I want to get into that. I definitely want to get into bear still, but I have just a couple more questions about garage gym specifically. Sure. What do you feel are the pros and cons of having a garage gym versus going to a conventional gym? Well, I, I think the number one thing is you're by yourself. My wife, I, I've finally gotten her to train in the mornings now too, but she does her own things. Like she does a lot of like hit cardio and weight training like that that just make my joints want to explode. That's not my style of training. Right. And we don't necessarily train together. We train in the same space, but we don't train together. I think you miss some of the camaraderie. Like for me, it would be like if there were guys that, you know, you meet, there's contacts and connections that you can make. There's also access to multiple pieces of equipment that you don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are some people like John from Garage Gym Life Media. Mm -hmm. He did a review on the stack weight pin and he talked about how there are some people that they've got a home gym and they still keep a commercial gym membership because they don't have the cable machines at home. That's what I did for years. Yeah. And that was something that as things progressed, even before I came out with the stack weight pin, I was gravitating more towards cable machines simply for the the fact that number one they were easy to use mm -hmm. I could swap out weight I could superset because I train alone I don't train to failure very often because it's number one it's a safety concern even with putting like the safety uh, the safety straps things like mm -hmm. that like there's a lot of things that you can do but there's there's something too to be said of when someone's spotting you like yeah. you get that rush of adrenaline mm -hmm. to kind of push you to another level you can't really do that at 4.30 in the morning when everyone's asleep, you know? 
not you a good idea. <laughs> can't have somebody slap you on the back and say, let's go. And, yeah, you know, yeah. 430 in the morning, like, you know, the neighbors might call the police, you know, so it's not something that I've never done. Like all of my lifts, like even when I deadlift, it's quiet. Like you'd never know I was deadlift. Oh, wow. Uh, and so those are things that I kind of learned over time. But I would say like, that's the number one thing for me was in terms of the main difference, you know, not everyone's going to have the cable machines. You're not the selection too, because you're, you're confined to a specific space, whether it's a single garage or even a double, you've got more space or in a basement like myself, like I have been able to, to get a cable machine for just about every body part. In a commercial gym, I mean, the sky's the limit, really. You, yeah. there, there's all kinds of different equipment for every specific piece. So, you know, there are some people who like that. With the space that I had, I felt that the power rack was sufficient that, that could do the core things that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But as I progressed with the machines, because I started doing some, some studying on Arthur Jones and Nautilus and training to failure and understanding that the, the hit principles, even though I don't really, I don't necessarily use them. But one thing that I really liked with the machines was I could blast a certain body part until I literally couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And there was no fear. I could go all the way to failure and leave it at that. Yeah. You know, the machine would hold and it would go back to where it needed to be and everything was fine. So you know, would like, you would you say that that's your top like must have piece if somebody is thinking about starting to build out their garage gym? There's a few basics that I would I would say like the number one thing you need is a power rack. Like that's the number one thing, you know. You don't have to be a power lifter, but the power rack in and of itself provides a lot of options, like a lot of options and get the lever arms. Because the one thing that I really liked about the lever arms before I had accumulated the equipment, the lever arms give you the closest thing to plate loaded machines that you'll get. Like they mimic hammer strength very, very close, in my opinion. Mm. And you can do a lot with them. Like I can do leg press leg extensions, leg curls, like shoulder press, chest press. I mean, you can rows. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with it and you can get a lot done in a very small space. So if you've got a small space, a power rack with lever arms, to me, that's, that's the number one thing that you could really get. Then you obviously need a barbell weights, a solid bench, but like the bench that I, I still have a bench that's, you know, that's from Dick Sporting Goods that is good. I haven't found the need quite yet to justify spending $600 on a new bench. Yeah. The other thing too, I would say are dumbbells. And I, and I talk about this too, in the, in the walkthrough, I've never understood, especially being in a home gym, taking up an entire wall with dumbbells that go from fives to a hundreds or 120s. You're going to take up all that real estate mm-hmm. for what? How often are you going to the 120s or, you know, for your average gym user? And so to me, it never made any sense. That's why I love the power blocks. I think the power blocks are the best adjustable dumbbell out there. And I mean, they're made here in the United States. They've been around for a very long time. They're extremely durable. That's one of the original pieces that I still have. Mm. So, you know, those would be the four or five things that I would say are a must. Like, here's the other, as I started to train and as I continued to train, I kind of found my training identity. 
that makes sense. Like I've told people in the past, I'm not a power lifter, but I enjoy power lifting. Mm. You know, like I'm not a bodybuilder, but I enjoy bodybuilding movements. You know, it's like, is it a cross between power building? Maybe. I don't know if I would go that far, but there are certain things that I enjoy doing. And I think that's ultimately the most important thing, right? Like you should enjoy lifting. You should yes. enjoy it. Like it should be tough when you're doing it, but you should enjoy it. For me, having the option for, especially for the machines that I picked up, there are twofold service now. Like I'm testing my own products, but at the same time, I'm pushing myself. I'm being stimulated from it because it's something different. It's not just a standard bend over barbell row for the 8,000th time. Yeah. No two weeks should be the same for me. You know, that's one of the nice things, but mm -hmm. it's taken me five years. And that's the other thing. You've got to figure out what you like to do. Like some people may only need a power rack and some weights and some dumbbells. That's it. You enjoy the sandbag training. I've got a sandbag from Grayfit. It's really good. I just don't do as much sandbag training. There are some movements that I just, my body just can't really do anymore. Like the high impact stuff, can't really do it. That's good. And that's really important to, to take away from that is that you have to find something that you love. Because if you don't enjoy it at least a little bit or enjoy the after effect of it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to wake up and want to go lift or go move your body. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing you can do. Right, right. So enjoying it's so important. Yeah. The space that you have, you should figure out how you're going to utilize. As the gym has kind of grown, now that I have, you know, that I've got my own defined space, I've been able to kind of get it set up to the way that flows correctly, but also looks good even though it's pretty jam-packed in here now. Are there things that you've gotten rid of in order to get different equipment? Very few. So here's another thing. I keep jogging my memory on things. So <laughs> when, I was, when I was building out my gym, and th this might sound really, um, I don't know, this might sound nerdy, but I kept a spreadsheet of things that I had on my list to buy over the years. <laughs> That's um, not, I mean, it is, but it's good. It's a good nerdy. <laughs> yeah. So, and I would have the prices. I, so I would have like, you know, a barbell and I had the price. And so I would go back every once in a while and double check on it, update it if I needed to. But I had, I had a list like of the things that I wanted to get eventually. And then I had like a list of my must have next options. Nice. And so like I knew, okay, well, let's see, Christmas is coming up, you know? So here's the top four items that I want to try to get. And that was one of the things for me over the years that I was able to take advantage of because I had things already listed out. And that's one of the reasons too, I think I haven't gotten rid of much because everything that I bought has not only served a purpose, but I've thought long and hard about how it would add value to the gym and how it could add value to me. Yeah. You're intentional about it. That way you don't have to make mistakes because yeah. I see these people, you know, like garage gym experiment. Sometimes he posts on like, what's the biggest mistake you've made? And I'm thinking to myself, I haven't made any mistakes. That's nice. You know, I've sold some things. Like I had a hyper extension, Titan fitness, hyper extension. That was one thing that I did sell to make room, but it was also something I looked at and I just didn't use enough to justify right. keeping it. I wouldn't call that one a mistake because I did use it, but the things that I could get in exchange for it were much more valuable. And I sold my Titan Fitness axle bar and I sold a couple regular barbells. I mean, I think that's it though. It's not, that's not bad. I mean, for, no. for five years building it out, you know, 
if you were to go back to the very beginning when I started the Instagram page, you'll see I had actually built on the back end of my fitness gear half rack. I built on a lat pull down and a low row. I went to Lowe's and I bought two by fours and uh, some deck lag bolts and drilled through the frame and built a, an opposite side lat pull down low row combination. And I had built some wood J cups on the other side so I could superset because I had, oh I had purchased God. another barbell at that point in time. And so that's when I was, I had gotten to the point where it was like, I need a power rack. Like this isn't getting it done. <laughs> so that's awesome. And so getting the power rack was the best upgrade, but it was something that was needed at that point in time because I had kind of outgrown what I could get done as I was starting to become more involved with equipment and understanding, you know, my own training, because as an athlete, like they just tell you what to do and you go do it. Like right. There's, no, there's yeah. no thinking involved. And so as I was becoming more, I guess, aware of my own training methods, I started to realize, okay, well, Hey, I need this and I don't have it, or it's not exactly the safest thing to do. I worked towards getting, you know, the right upgrades and the right equipment. So, so I have a side question. That's not really I mean, I mean, it might tie into this, but it's more about health. Like, so a lot of people and the, and studies have shown that a majority of athletes who even play in college, they don't always continue on with their health journey with fitness and with staying lean or um, muscular or any of that. What was it that caused you to keep that habit? Fear. Of being 500 pounds. And it's funny because especially in college football, I've seen this kind of go one of two ways. It's like the skinny athletes, when they leave, like they get big and fat and then the big and fat guys get real skinny. Sometimes that happens or the real big guys just, they blow up. Mm. And I was playing in college. I mean, I was at 300, 310. Really? And uh, when I was done, like, I was just tired of being that heavy, you know? Did you have to be for your position? I was an offensive lineman. So my senior year, I was, I was a guard. So I was at, you know, that 305, 300 pound mark wow. for quite a long time. And, and that will do some damage to your knees. And, and I yeah. had my share of injuries too. Like what, what, what happened here? I broke a foot. Oh. I tore an MCL. I played through my junior year on a sprained ankle and now it's permanently swollen oh and God. I have, I, I've got limited mobility in it. And then my senior year, I tore my labrum in my right shoulder oh. and played through that. One of the reasons why like on bench, like I had bench today, when I do standard bench press, I always use the Mark Bell slingshot because oh. it takes the pain off of my shoulder. I still like the bench press. I'm not competing in anything. So I don't mm -hmm. care, you know, yeah. if it's going to help me lift without pain and make me feel good, then I'm going to do it. Like, I don't care. It's not like I'm taking, you know, PEDs. And I think that's one of the other reasons why I've gravitated towards the machines is because they, they actually do take a lot of the stress off of some of the other muscles and you can isolate them more. And that's one of the things that I think I do like about it. Mm -hmm. But for me, like when I started training on my own, it was a lot of it was out of fear. And I think a lot of it still is out of fear. I take one day off. And like yesterday, I woke up 
and I felt lethargic and I didn't want to lift, you Hmm. know, like there are plenty of those days where I have that. If I started doing that three, four, five days a week, Mm -hmm. a month, a year, like it's, I I know guys, I've got, I've got teammates who have let themselves go, Mm -hmm. you know, guys who were 250, 300 pounds and are now 400 pounds or more, you know, and it's, it's really, really easy to kind of let yourself go like that. So for me, I just, I didn't want to do that. I lost almost a hundred pounds. Wow. When I was, when I was completely done, I went from like 320 to 230 in seven months. Oh my gosh. But it wasn't sustainable. You know, like I felt miserable. I was like at 1800 calories a day. Oh, so you were tracking, like you were, oh. you were trying to lose that yeah. weight. Yeah. Oh I, mean, I mean, I, well, I mean, cause I had been so big for so long. Okay. I had, I was fed up. It's funny because I tell people all the time, like I've got childbearing hips, you know, like, <laughs> um, I'm like at a 42, like I'm at a 42 now, I think, which is big, but it's like, I think now my waist and hips have grown because I've really gotten back into squats and deadlifts and everything else like that. Yeah, I was going to say, you and don't look, it doesn't look like that from no. your pictures or from your, yeah, uh, even the video, you just posted a video. Congratulations. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken into the, I've broken into the mold. Well, yeah. you know, Instagram has said that they're now not just a photo sharing platform. They're really pushing the video. So you're right on brand. Like you're yeah. this. You just keep putting those videos out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the other thing, and I would tell you too, I've got a real bad case of body dysmorphia. Oh, interesting. Uh, Are because, you working on that or did you just realize well, what's going I, on? There? It's always, it's always, because I've always been big kid, always been one of those things where I've been hyper conscientious of, hmm. but even when I lost all that weight, I still didn't exactly have the best image. Like, the waist size, for example, when I was at my heaviest, even at, even at 320, I was like at a 42, 44, maybe I lost a hundred pounds and I was in a 38 to 40. That is interesting. I thought to myself, well, where did I lose all the weight? You know, and, <laughs> and especially over the last like year and a half, I've really gotten into more powerlifting a lot more deadlifts. I've been really working hard because I got bad knees. I've been trying really hard. I want to get my squat back up. Yeah. And, and over time I've noticed like my waist is getting bigger. And so I started freaking out because, you know, you hear all the time that the waist size is, you know, that's such a determinant factor yeah. on how you look and all this other garbage. And so it's like, that's one of the mental things that I fight really, really hard. You know, mm-hmm. I, so it is something that, I'm not perfect, you know, by any means. So for me, I struggle with it. You know, I struggle with it a lot. That's interesting. You don't hear men talk about that too often. I did. No, you don't. um, An interview with a previous bodybuilder. His name's Craig Caperso. And he did a lot of bodybuilding.com programs and things like that. And he competed Mm -hmm. and he actually did talk about that also. And you know, that's pretty common for that field though, because when you lean out so much and then it's not sustainable, it's not um, realistic to live like that. So you you have to, your body has to put more weight on. And then you see yourself in the mirror and it's like, what the heck? And you still don't Mm -hmm. look bad. Like you look 
great, but your body, your mind is telling you that you don't because you don't look how you did. And it's, it's a real issue. Well, I'll give you a prime example. Like we took family pictures in November of 19, like right before the whole COVID thing. Okay. When the pictures came back and said to my wife, like, I look terrible. And she, you know, she's like, what are you talking about? Well, I look at those pictures now and I say, Hey, I, I actually look pretty good. Yeah. You know, it is, it's one of those things where for me, it's something I constantly battle, but that's one of the reasons why I enjoy training so much, you know? It and so really it's keeps that at bay or in line. I think it does. Yeah. I think it does a little bit because everybody has like, what does Jordan Peterson say? An ideal. And I, when you mm-hmm. like more or less, when you chase an ideal, the ideal is also a judge. Right. Yes. And, and so that ideal that I chase is always judging me. Like, and so you're not going to win that battle mm-hmm. because even when you get to what you think the ideal is, there's always going to be something better. Like when I had lost all the weight, sure. I looked great, but then I, but then I was a weakling. Like I was so weak. Oh yeah. It, I've kind of gotten to the point now where if I can look halfway decent, but be as strong as I possibly can. Cause I think to myself, well, what would my kids rather want? Would they rather want a skinny little dad or would they want a dad who can pick them both up and play with them and throw them around? And yeah. like, and so I, you know, that's kind of what I've been gravitating towards. I'll see my son, like he'll randomly say, well, I'm going to do some pushups, you know, or Aww. he'll say he's going to work out. My kids will come down and they'll try to use the functional trainer or okay. my son tried to use the hack squat the other day. Like, they're becoming curious about how this stuff works. Yeah. I think that is the biggest pro going back to the pros and cons of having a home gym is that instead of taking your kids to the gym and dropping them off in kid care, they actually get to see you work out. Or if they, even if they don't see you work out, they get to be around the equipment. They know that that is part of your life. It's a lifestyle thing. It's not just every once in a while. Oh yeah. Mommy goes to the gym. It's like, Oh, this is a thing. Like this is how we're supposed to live to be healthy. And 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 they get to see too, like how, how does mommy and daddy get strong? Yeah. How do they get strong? Like they're actually seeing it. And one of the things that I'm most proud of now, you know, like the equipment that I have, it's not just an investment for me, it's an investment for the kids. And so Mm. if they decide that they're going to play sports, even if they don't, they should never have to go to a commercial gym ever. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for one, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I want to go to the Y, like you're not going to the Y, like you want to work out, you come to the basement. Like you don't need to go to the Y, you know, all my friends are there. Well, too bad. Like, you know, it, you don't need to go. And so that's one of the things that I think will be really cool when they get older is uh, knowing like they don't even know what they have, you know, absolutely. and so as they get older and they start to appreciate it, I saw a story about when the Rams were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, Aaron, uh, what's his name? Aaron Donald, I think. He was a high profile defensive end, I think. They did an interview with him and he talked about the, the days when he was in high school. His dad had a home gym and his dad would get up at four in the morning, just like I do, and go work out. And so he started doing that with his dad. Uh-huh. Every morning before school, he'd get up at four in the morning and get the workout in. That he said, you know, just the the things that it taught him, Mm -hmm. you know, the discipline, going to bed early, why getting up early is better than staying up late. You know, those types of things that Mm -hmm. are really kind of revolutionary in in many ways. So So good. 
I love that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with anybody about having a garage gym or building a garage gym? Buy things in stages. The term you hear, uh, buy once, cry once. Yes and no, because if you play it right, you could buy like three, four, five times and cry once. The secondary marketplace, it's like buying a used car, you know? Do you really need a brand new power rack? Well, unless you're doing something completely custom, the machines, for example, I would say the average price I paid is $350. And so like you can find it, you just take some time and some patience and finding the right place, you know? And if you're willing to drive a little bit, I drove a round trip of 13 hours to get a shoulder press. That was brutal. Training goals, you know, I think your equipment should revolve around your training goals. And, you know, for me, it's, it's like I had mentioned earlier, it was twofold. I get to test my equipment at the same time. And uh, so it's like, that's a win-win for me. If you do have a business, utilize your business. Like you can leverage that. That's a business expense. And so you can do things like that. And that's one of the things that I've really started to come into understanding. Find what fits and build it out slow. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate it, Heaven. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Sandbag Queen Show. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends. If you do those things, it really helps out the show. As always, you are amazing. Get out there and make good things happen. I'll see you next week.